CEOs. Welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman Show. I am so excited you are back here again with us and taking time to invest in yourself, in your business. I hope this morning you are doing something super fun, or I guess it doesn't have to be this morning. It's this morning for me. But I hope you are doing something fun while listening to this podcast, enjoying your life as a business owner, and hope you are so ready to get some super valuable information. So today we are talking to Brandy Maybrat. Brandy is the CEO and founder of Savvy Clover Coaching and Consulting and a CEO for private practice owners in healthcare. Brandy has over 15 years of experience in business management and leadership experience, which you guys, we all know experience in this leadership field is just so important because you learn from your mistakes and your years. And Brandy has worked in diverse business climates and turned hot mess practices into well-oiled and profitable machines. Brandy has spent her career building, growing, and leading multi-million dollar practices and now uses her skill set to help other women private practice owners to scale their practices for growth, sustainability, and profit. Brandy also loves to travel and spend time with her family, and she believes you cannot build a business on fumes and CEO breaks are required. Brandy, I am so excited to have you here today because we were kind of talking before we hit record and our backgrounds, our history, our philosophy, who we want to work with, literally everything is just so aligned. So I just can't wait to talk to you and hear kind of your perspective. So I'm so excited to welcome you today. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be such a good conversation. So thanks. Yes, I can't wait. So first thing, I really just want you to give us a little bit of an intro. What do we need to know about you? And how did you get, you know, you build and grow multi-million dollar businesses. Like, tell us, how did we oh, get here? Oh, gosh, it's a long, windy road. So You can what? give me the cliff notes. I know <laughs> that's a big question. <laughs> People are always like, oh, did you always know that you wanted to go into business? No, I ended up that way because I got to a place in my career where I was in the C-suite, you know, and I was like, what's next? What is that next step? And so I knew that there was something I was supposed to do more than what I was doing. And so I happened to find coaching and realized that even during the course of my career, I've been able to coach multiple people just from the teams that I've been part of, plus some team members, definitely strategy and specifically being hired for my skill set to come in and rework, restructure, re-engage the practices. And so it just seemed in alignment when I started to venture off into my entrepreneurial journey that I moved into business coaching. But it was interesting how I got there because I wanted to do everything but and thought that I wasn't worthy of, you know, even being a business coach just because of some of the business coaches that I saw in the space and it didn't really seem like it was in alignment. I was coming from healthcare, like all these things. And so I went into career coaching initially, trying to help folks get into the C-suite like I did, making you know, over a six-figure salary, some of those things. And so some of the questions I got asked were, do you know how to do a resume or what about LinkedIn? And I'm like, this is not exciting at all. So it was at that point in time where I was like, you know what? It's the business side of things that totally light me up. It's the leadership part yes. of it that's completely lights me up. And so I decided to make a pivot and here I am today. So it's been an amazing journey. And yeah, you just got to start somewhere. I love that. And I always love talking to people who we look at right now and are like, oh my gosh, you are so successful and reminding ourselves of the journey that it took them to get there. Because 
so many of us just want to jump in and be successful in one, two, three years. And as many times as we say, oh, it takes time to grow a business. I don't know. It hurts to not be where you want to be. So I love talking to people who share their journey and say, okay, I started here, then I moved, and then I got into exactly what I want to do. You know, you said that this is absolutely your passion working with these business owners. So can you share a little bit of what you tend to see working with these business owners, some of the big, biggest problems they come to you with and how you're able to turn some of that yeah, around? For them? I think because I work with a large number of practitioners who opened up private practices, they weren't, they didn't learn business in school, right? And so they learned their clinical skill set. And mm -hmm. so they open up these practices and clinically it makes sense, but they also take on like this worker bee mentality and when everything is dependent on them. And so they venture off and usually hire. And then they start to find out really quick that like, oh, I am not equipped for this, or this is more than what I thought, or they're not making the money that they want to make, or things start to feel more chaotic. So they start working all the hours and the early mornings and the late nights and the weekends and they're tired. So that's usually when they come to me, they're overwhelmed, they're tired. They've been, maybe been able to grow, but they're not growing in a way that feels good. And they're growing in a way that, that they're having to sacrifice a lot. Right. And so essentially what we do is we work on the business side. And when, so they already have the clinical side. But the business side, so we go through financials, we go through marketing, we go through leadership and hiring and how to engage their team if they've already hired, um, understanding operations, making sure that they're utilizing their EHR appropriately, all of those things that you just don't think about until you get into it. So it's really fun to watch the transformation and just to watch them be more empowered as a leader, understand business on a deeper level, and just to see them start to shine in both sides of, of practice. It's amazing. Yeah, I love that. And to our, our listeners who aren't as familiar with my background as well, I worked kind of on the financial side of private practices. And it's very interesting. You see the exact same thing. And I feel like this translates into almost every business owner that I've worked and talked with as well, including myself. You are very, very good at the thing you are doing or the service you are offering. But it is a totally different thing when it comes to running your business. And we can even look at me like I, ironically, I tell people how to run their business, but still running my own business was a different ballgame for me. <laughs> Brandy is like giving me the eyes right now. She's like, yes, no, I get it. Like we tell people how to do it and it's still like a whole new game. So I think you see this in just one segment and I saw it in that segment as well, especially when somebody has spent years and years and years building up this, this skill that they're incredibly good at. And they come into a place and they're like, okay, I just want to serve doing what I'm great at. And then they're like, so I can't serve if I can't run my business. So I think that's um, definitely a challenge that translates to every single business that, that we've seen. Is that kind of something you, you've seen just throughout business owners? Oh, yeah, in absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, you hit the nail on the head. And I always feel really, really bad because we do come to the table with a certain expertise. And so I do have a business skill set to back my, you know, to like to back me up. Oh, but same. at the same time, sometimes I'm like, man, I just feel so, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. And either with our marketing manager, we're talking through marketing things and I can tell a client easy, do this, this, and this. And I'm looking at her like, well, what do we do? I have no idea. 
how, how am I supposed to move? I, I don't know. I don't know. So to not even have any kind of business experience or any kind of leadership experience or just to go out and start a business and have to figure it out, I don't see how people do it because I struggled doing it then every day. And this is with all the business and leadership experience I bring to the table. So when you said that, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. Because we all have our own limiting beliefs, assumptions, <laughs> interpretations and experiences and fear and all of those things. So I think that that definitely plays a large role as we're going after more. Absolutely. So what would you say to someone right now who is in that position? They are an absolute expert at what they want to offer to the world, but they don't really know the business side. How should they start to approach their business as they're starting and then as they're growing? Should they be bringing in extra people? Should they learn this for themselves? Where should they yeah, go? In the beginning, it's honestly, it's always about clarity, right? And so even for me in the beginning, I wasn't too sure what I wanted to build. I didn't know what my niche was going to be. So in the beginning, it's more or less just being comfortable with being uncomfortable because you're going to have to put yourself out there in so many weird ways. And it's going to feel so like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't know if I can do this. And so you have to get really comfortable in that space. One of the things that I know that truly helps is if you look at your business just from six pillars, and it's it's so helpful. And so if you look at what do I need to do for marketing? Okay, I need to put myself out there. I need to get my business in front of more eyes. I need to make sure that I'm engaging folks who come into our world. What do I need to do for my financials? How much money do I want to and even if it's zero right now, because we all start from somewhere, asking the question, why is it zero? Do I need to beat more people? Do I need to partner? Do I need to ask for more sales? All those things. And so from the financial perspective, operations. So even as you're showing up every day and working on tasks, how you're handling things in your website, if you have one, or how you're doing things on social media, or how you're scheduling appointments, like all of those things or how you're selling something, like all those things are business activities. So you want to start to document and think about how am I doing this? So that way you're preparing for the next pillar team, right? So as you're hiring, so even with that first hire, you have an idea of how you're doing things. So that way you can train that person. You can even document some of the things that you're doing. So that way you can share with that person. And then you have a partner that's there to help you make sure that your experience is on point. So I say client, you know, experience patient experience for the world that I'm in. And so it's important for you to definitely treat your folks well. And then from that too, don't forget about yourself. So the sixth pillar would be you as a CEO. So making sure that you're focusing on yourself, making sure that you are giving yourself the breaks that you need to giving yourself the grace that you need, because it's really easy just to forget about what you need and to put yourself last and to get so engulfed in the business and all the things that need to happen with it you're burned out, you're tired, and you start to resent. So I always say, look at those six pillars from marketing, financials, operations, team, client experience, patient experience, and then you as a CEO. That's incredible to really encompass every single thing that goes on in our business. Because I know I was literally talking to my business coach the other day, and she was kind of looking at something similar. And she was like, you spend so much time on your client experience and serving your clients. But like, you're missing some of these other pillars. And how do we make sure that we are hitting every single one of them? Like you just absolutely encompassed everything we need to worry about because it's so easy to just look at one bucket and get hyper-focused on it. And I also think 
for the type of people that we are talking about, which is business owners who are incredibly good at their craft, but maybe didn't want to necessarily be a CEO, that that tends to happen. So how does someone who is in that position say, well, I wanted to open a private practice because it made sense to me. I wanted my own life. You know, I, I wanted these benefits of being a business owner, but like, I didn't really want to be a CEO. <laughs> How does that person kind of look at their role and embrace being a CEO and not just being like an owner? I think there are distinct mindset changes. So how do we change that mindset into, all right, I am the CEO. I am not just the service. Yeah, provider. I think it's giving yourself grace because at the end of the day, you didn't go. This wasn't what you intended. You want the freedom probably that comes with it, whether if it's financial, if it's owning your days, if it's you're making more of an impact, all of that. So remembering why you're doing what you're doing, but understanding, too, that the folks that you're bringing along with you. So as you're hiring, as you're building your team, they need leadership, right? They need for you to set the tone. They need for you to explain the vision and the mission and why are we showing up to work every day? And so you can do that, but you can do that imperfectly. You can do that flawed. You can do that being very honest and transparent and authentic about the fact that you're even still learning as a leader, that you're going to make mistakes, even with as much experience as I I have. I can't, I'm not sure that you probably feel the same way. It's we don't know everything, right? We're still learning as leaders. We're still in and make mistakes and as we're navigating things. And so it's all about just enjoying the journey, truly enjoying the journey, enjoying the process. And when you show up that way, it's really powerful. Like some of our clients, they're now hosting like team meetings and they were nervous to have some of these conversations. Because they didn't want to drive away their team. And what they found was that their team is actually more engaged. They're stronger partners to them because they just showed up and said, hey, I'm building something out of nothing. I am strong in this area. And so I'm learning in this area. So I'm open to feedback. I'm open to what you think. I'm open to your ideas in order for us to build something that's really amazing. And so it's always funny to hear like, that went so well. And they were fine and they're doing so much better. And they're now bringing things to me that they're doing more in their jobs and they're paying attention to some of the things I'm implementing. And it's just because they were honest. They they took the pressure off, right? I'm trying to show up as this perfect person that knows all the answers and makes no mistakes. And no, that's not how we are. We're all human. So there's always opportunities to improve things. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And it's really something I've seen with a lot of clients too, is just transparency around your team and like needing support. I literally put on whenever I'm um, hiring on the job description, I'm like, I want someone who will call me out on my BS. If I am trying to do something that is not right, or if that's not the best way, I literally want someone who will come to me and be like, Christy, you're yep. wrong. Like, great, cool. Tell me a better way to do it. And so that's also something I've been seeing a lot with my clients lately in terms of having buy-in from your team. Obviously, from the financial side, it's a little bit different. Some people feel more comfortable or less comfortable sharing their financials with their team. And that is completely a personal decision. But I do have clients who will legitimately have some of their team members attend our CFO meetings and review financials line by line with me and the owner every single quarter or every single month. and. They get buy-in from their team. Their team gets so excited about the thing we are building together. And I think that's really unique because at more of a corporate job structure, like everything is just hush-hush. The money is hush-hush, how much we're making. Like 
everything. It's a secret. But I think there's something very powerful about giving your team things to buy into and having them, like you said, want to be part of the mission, right? Why are we showing up every single day? People are genuinely driven by purpose. And a lot of business owners are just look at people and they're like, oh, all they want is money. And that's not the experience I've had. And that's not an experience a lot of my clients have. Your, your team members are driven by purpose and, and wanting to contribute. So you know, I would love to hear from you. When those CEOs do get ready to start building a team, what advice would you have for them to to share, to bring in, you know, what are, what is the best practices yeah, for that? Yeah, and I love what you're saying too. Transparency isn't always showing all of the, showing everything if you're not comfortable with that, especially around some of the money too. But, but yeah, but when you're getting ready to hire those folks, it starts with clarity. What do you need and for that role, right? And so what are the, I always say there's three things. There's the skill set, the strengths, and the culture fit, right? So even when you're in that team of one, which is you, you still have a business culture, you know? So how you're showing up, how you're treating your folks that might be buying from you, you know, how you're treating yourselves, the mission and the vision, that all starts with you, right? So that's part of your business culture. So you have to get clarity for what you're building. You have to get clarity for what's the direction that you want to go at least this point in time. And then also, what do you want this person to do? You know, and so based on what you want to delegate, getting really clear on what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, so you can delegate accordingly, you know, writing things down as you're working on things. So if something feels uncomfortable to you, like for me, I knew it was tech, right? So every time I would go to try to, do a website thing. And, and I was shocked because of how many EHR systems I had set up, but it's just, it was technology. So that I knew what, whoever I hired was going to have to be good in that arena. So it's just getting really, really clear on, on the job description responsibilities, I would say. And then as you're hiring that person, paying attention to strengths, what strengths do they need? What characteristics do they need? What's going to be a good fit for the position? So oftentimes I find people hire based on like, oh, I could go out to dinner with this person or I could see myself going on vacation. And that might not necessarily be the right fit for that position, right? So you have to really get clear on who's going to be a good fit for that role. So that way, as you're doing the job description, you're doing the job posting, you're hiring based on longevity compared to hiring somebody that you're going to want to quickly fire because they're not set up for success. So that, that's my suggestion. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially when we think about, you know, I was at a conference the other week and just talking about how expensive it is to hire someone and put them through the training process. Is there really something you want to mess up because it costs you thousands of dollars in paying them for training? Maybe adding, I had someone who didn't work out that I added to all my technology and had to buy a second license for a lot of the stuff for them. And so making sure that we are very, very clear on, you know, is this person the right fit? That's not to say we have to hold on to people who aren't the right fit. I want to be super clear about that, but just making sure that we are super clear in what we expect from them. And also something that you mentioned is just the job expectations, both from the employee and the employer side, because if you guys aren't on the same page, like that's where I see so much tension building. I was talking to a client the other day whose employee came to them and wanted a raise. And I was talking to my client, they were like, well, they haven't really been a good employee. So I'm confused why they're asking for a raise. And one of the things was like, there was no outlined expectation. So they couldn't sit down and say, yes, you're doing this well. No, you're not doing this well. 
because people weren't on the same page about what was expected. And I think that is probably something you see quite a bit also that goes into that, that team. Yeah, absolutely. And it all starts with expectations and boundaries is what happens. And usually when a hire goes awry, it's because something is missing in that piece, either at the beginning where the, maybe the position wasn't explained properly or the position has changed. And some of those, that's some conversations didn't happen. So even for example, with my clients, they're usually hiring like 1099 type employees or 1099 contractors, mm-hmm. excuse me, like in the beginning. And yeah. And we so, <laughs> and then the practice gets to a place or the business gets to a place where that person needs to become an employee, right? Well, that person had no intention on becoming an employee. They have no desire to become an employee. They just enjoy the 1099 contractor life, right? And so in the beginning, just making sure that you have as much clarity as what you can So that way, even if you get to a place where that position either grows the company because that's possible or the person outgrows the position, right? And so it's like one or two things that happen. And so just paying attention to how do you want this person to grow in their role? How's the position going to change over time? And just holding that conversation and being open too. So that way you can have the expectations. What's the schedule? How many hours? What's the pay? What's the pay going to turn into potentially? This is the the goal of this position. So that way, when it when the the practice grows or the business grows, um, you're in a place where you can just be honest about what's happening. Usually, employees get thrown off or team members get thrown off because they feel like they've come into one situation and now it's changing and they don't know why. You know, so then the owner's just coming to them saying. Well, I need more hours or I need to pay you differently or I need for you to start doing this more. And they're kind of thrown off because they think this isn't what I signed up for. So it's definitely, it's always evolving. It's hard. It's not easy. I don't say leadership is easy. It's a skill set. It takes work. It takes sometimes being the bigger person. It takes all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it's, yeah, I think it's fun. Yeah, I think that there is a sexy side to leadership too. Yeah, I'm definitely going to echo that. It's it's never easy. <laughs> you think you get to a place when you're like, all right, my team's set up, my system's set up. I'm good. No, bang. Something else is going to happen. Like you echoed, it's so about that transparency, just whether it's in hiring, whether it's you as a leader, whether it's in, hey, something has to change now. Can we have that conversation? So I really love that theme that you've echoed throughout all of this. It's doing your best and being honest with the people you are accountable for as a part of that. So we do just have a few minutes left, but you have built successful businesses and also worked with so many people who have built successful businesses. So I want to hear from you. Are there one or two things that you tend to notice that people either have as a character trait or do that you think makes these million, multi-million dollar business owners, you know, be yeah, successful? I actually just talked about this. One of the, the things that they have the most in common is they're risk takers and they think outside the box. And so oftentimes where you feel stuck, they're very quick to pull the trigger on either hiring a team member that has the expertise that they need, hiring a coach, a consultant. They do not sit on the struggle bus very long. So even for example, oh my gosh, preach, like just listen to that. Like, you know, they don't, they, they don't sit on the struggle bus for very long. And so they're quick to make the investment. So that way they can get to the next level of growth that they intend for themselves. So I would say that's number one characteristic. Number two, though, like a second characteristic is just to echo that thinking outside the box. So other ways that they can bring in revenue into the practice. 
or into the business or, you know, so if it's an additional service line, if it's just a, a, I don't know, another way to like make money on top of the money that they're making. So for example, some of my clients, they really love real estate. So they'll use the profit from their business and go invest in real estate. So it's really fun. And find a CPA exactly. who can yes, help you yes, tax yes. Like all of those things. <laughs> and so it's really fun to watch the definitely working with with business owners who have that type of, of revenue coming in the door, but also to making sure that they're set up for success. So having the CPA, you know, having making sure that they understand the money piece, all those things. And then the other thing I would say is that they're focused on their focus. So they don't really get distracted mm-hmm. with some of the just some of the outside noise that can definitely happen. And it can be so easy to get involved in, not saying that they don't have their own mindset challenges or anything like that, but they're very quick to just focus on what they're building. So I would say that that's, those are a few of the characteristics that I do notice. I love that. And I know I said we only have a little bit of time, but I want to loop back just for one second to that first thing you said about them being risk takers. I know I work with mostly women and you also work with mostly women who tends to be less of a risk taker. So is there a way that you see women being more comfortable to move into this risk taker position? Yeah, they they're just kind of like when they make these decisions. It's really fun to watch because it's almost like, well, you know, I met this person and they had this to offer and I, you know, they offered to either come on board or to come work with me. And I was just like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's just see how it goes. You know, and so it's more or less just a relaxed type of energy instead of getting in the head of, Mm -hmm. well, what if it doesn't work out? What if this is awful? I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. What if I lose money? What if my business burns down? Like all this stuff that can definitely happen with that. They're just more or less like, sure. Let's see. Let's just see what happens with this. And so it's just real relaxed, which I think as women, we do have that capability to be more relaxed. We just more of a nurture compared Mm -hmm. to some of the masculine energy that sometimes you do need in order to make other types of of risk-taking situations. So I would say that they probably have a good mixture of both is is probably what I would say between, yeah, the women who are the seven-figure practice owners or the business owners that I've worked with. So... Yeah. And I love that kind of more feminine analysis of, I'm not going to say, yes, let's hire this person now. It's okay. Let's see what happens. It's so funny. A little bit tangent, but I have, I have a dog who literally does not care about anything. The most just chill. I could pick him up. I could throw him. Doesn't care. His name's Henry. And we have this phrase at my house that be like Henry, just don't care. Just like kind of go with the flow. And literally when I'm feeling stressed, I'm just like, be like Henry. It's just kind of like go with the flow. And this dog, there's not a thought behind his eyes. He doesn't worry about the things in the future. And sometimes I have to tell myself, just don't think about if things go wrong. Because there are so many potential for things going wrong that if we sat here and analyzed all of that, we would never get to the place we want to be. So I'm going to leave our listeners with be like Henry. I will share a video one day and you will see just, you know, sometimes there is just so much. What is that? Like ignorance is bliss. Like he literally doesn't know the things going on, going wrong in his life. And that is like the energy I want to embody. So just going to leave you guys with that. But Brandy, thank you so much for being here. If our listeners do want to find you work with you where can they go about doing that thanks for having me they can find me on instagram my favorite place to hang out 
I am at Savvy Clover Coaching, S-A-V-V-Y-C-L-O-V-E-R Coaching, or you can also find me on my website at www.savvyclover.com. And there is waiting for you a practice self-assessment for you to take. And then also I host a free two-day workshop seminar every single month too. So you can go ahead and get registered for that if you feel that you need some enhancement when it comes to the business side of your of your practice or leadership. So yeah. Amazing. We absolutely love that. So to our listeners, I will go ahead and tag those all below in our show notes. So make sure you take advantage of this opportunity to get all of this knowledge that Brandy has accumulated over the years. And be sure to follow her on Instagram as well. You can tag me and her when you guys take this assessment, when you work with her. We are so excited to see you guys collaborating with our guests. So thank you so much, Brandy, for being here today. And to our CEO listeners, we will see you next week.